Brazen Man Arena. You know what, though, right. Sarah? You know Wait. what, though, Sarah? What's up? Even without What's your up? post, <laughs> even without your post, I got us a cool 11 viewers. Oh, shit. So don't overestimate your Oh, poll shit. Because... Okay. Even me posting was enough, was enough to get 11. To get us a nice 11 viewers. And now we're on. Welcome, Welcome to Raisin, to Raisin Man. Man Arena. Arena. Today is May 18th, 2022. How did you know that? I ran the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did a, what did you call a regression? You I did a regression. regression. <laughs> I said the Friday's the 20th. Let's uh, put some data points together and find the slope of that line. Um, Yesterday, Grubhub did a deal where you could get a free $15 lunch between 11 and 2. Did you hear about this? Wait, if it's free, why is it $15? (laughs) (laughs) Bro, Um, wait, between 11 and what? 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. Any day? Yesterday only. I know, we should have done the podcast yesterday. Could have people a heads up. But then listen to this. They didn't tell any restaurants or any drivers that they were offering this deal. And um, pe- they got really uh, overwhelmed. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, but they were subsidizing it, right? The restaurant's yes. getting paid. It's not <laughs> like they're like, hey, listen, you, this was going to have to be free because we did the deal. Because we did the deal. We told them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the Grubhub subsidized it, but they didn't let any restaurants know. And they just got flooded with orders for free lunches. Uh, and it was very stressful. I can imagine being a bicycle Were rider. you one of those lunches? I ordered a lunch. That cost fifteen dollars or less, not knowing that it was free, and I paid what it costs, and that is actually wait, 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 respectable. Wait. So the app doesn't go, "Hey, stop! No, do not pay." No. The app's like, "You can pay if you Ooh, want, if you know a secret, if you know the secret, <laughs> you didn't have to." And I didn't know the secret. I feel like an idiot, but it took forever for my lunch to get there. Um, <gasps> oh my god! Wait, that me, <laughs> look, me and Kelly. I helped Kelly out with a uh, with a self tape, and she said, "I'm going to get us lunch." She orders lunch. Lunch doesn't come for like an hour, and Bingo. she kept, and she kept calling the restaurant. Bingo. There were no, we couldn't get it. And I was like, "What the hell is happening?" Did you see me tweet? My lunch was supposed to I be did. here thirty minutes ago. I did. Yes, and I, and then it, it arrived like two hours later. Wait, yes, but, and then we got a lunch delivered to our door. Oh yes. Well, uh, um, <laughs> so I come home. There's a lunch at the table, and I thought Sam or Will must have ordered something. Then you go. Did you order lunch, please? I said no. <gasps> And it's like, well, we got a free lunch. I'll just eat this later. Knock at the door. We open the door and there's a young man um, and he starts speaking Spanish to me. He didn't know that I spoke Spanish, but I suppose he didn't speak good enough. Wow. English. So he was Lucky like, him. He, yeah, he was just like, I brought the lunch, wrong lunch. Mm. I, it was meant for the next door. Mm. And I said, here you go. He said, see. Si. Yeah. And yeah. then. the Did the, you speak? You spoke Spanish back. I to. said, yeah, I'll get it to you. And then the next door neighbor opens the door. And then the delivery driver goes, can you explain to him? He says to me, can you explain ah. to your neighbor? And then the the neighbor goes, ah, it, lo mandaste a la... He saw her speaking Spanish. Ah. So then I was like, well, my job here is done. <laughs> neighbor, neighbor also speaks Spanish. Damn. That rules. And I wish I, I wish I could have gotten in the mix to work on my babble. <laughs> I've been on the babble app. So. Es, es, es pollo? Es pollo? Sí. Es tu pollo. Está soltero? Uh, no es mi pollo. <laughs> Tienes un novio? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we. I feel like we have an wow. intro. We didn't say like we didn't say Raisin names. Man. We said, yeah, we said it was Raisin Man Arena. Did we? You paused before you said Arena and then we said it together. You're then right. I said the date. Can we say our name? Oh, yeah. Sarah. Sam. And I'm Felipe. Yep. Nice. So if your lunch was late yesterday, now you know. I got lunch from LA Burrito Number 3 and it was late. But I didn't care. So what? 
Some so water what? off a duck's yeah. back for you. <laughs> no, so I you're only like, going to eat the burrito skin <laughs> part. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I was, I was hangry he was livid and <laughs> what's up chazzy cheddar what's up charlie that's charlie what was charlie the lunch? in the chat the lunch was uh like it was like sandwiches but then the lunch i got with kelly was sushi yeah okay <laughs> you don't want to know any more than that good thing, good thing we didn't eat that lunch man because i w- i was thinking of eating it? that thing right <laughs> away right that's away funny. that's funny uh, oh, is, that's what it is um, I want to say this about being named Charlie in the era that Charlie was, you know, a young person. What an iconic era to be named Charlie. Iconic. Charlie bit my finger. Charlie the unicorn. It was just like a funny name. Charlie was considered a funny name, I think, when we were kids. It's and, true. What is yeah. it now? What's the funny name now? Um, Do you remember when we were kids? It was Bob. Yes, it was Bob. <laughs> Bob. Imagine naming your kid Bob, though. Yeah. Man. It's funny. They even knew that. It's a funny sound. You're really forsaking. What about Dinkle? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's a funny name. Yeah, now the funny name is Briley. Bri- yeah, K- Kayleigh. McCarty. Yeah, with with yeah. like a bunch of E and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Santa Claus. Yep, that's a funny name. That could be a funny name. name. Wait. Santi Gold. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I forgot about her. She's great. She came out. Cindy Gold came out with like a an album in 2016. That's like one of my favorite. What's ones. the big her big song? Ponder Replay. Is that it? That's Rihanna. <laughs> um, she had her, a big song. She had a big one big song. I know that there's. She has a song called Les, which is pretty good. Um, but she get did this whole one that her 2016 album is like kind of Caribbean themed. Um, and it's good. It was themed after the Caribbean. <laughs> That's a great theme. It's cool. It's Caribbean style music. It's uh, borrows from where is she so, from? All these genres. I don't know. But in in uh, college at Bard, my freshman year, you have to do this three week program where you, called Learning and Think, Writing and Thinking. L and T. You learning and thinking is really lame, and it's just you just basically sit in a room all day with a bunch of like. Um, poorly paid paid adjunct professors from other colleges who are there and you'd like have a seminar with them and and other people in your freshman class and my teacher was santi gold's sister fuck wow Wow. yeah wait am i am i crazy for some for like in my mind mixing up mia with santi gold are they at all similar they are similar yes okay that I don't think you're crazy for mixing them up. No. Okay. Is that is it problematic for me to mix them up? I'm not sure. They're like I both, mean I know MIA's co- music. I could tell you paper yes, planes. They both MIA. like I I think they've been they've been featured on each other's stuff too. Really? Yeah. That's well that's too they're too similar. If I was one of them I'd be like I don't want to even acknowledge the other one because <laughs> we're too similar, you know? That's interesting. Um, but not because of race. Let's be clear about that. It's not like a race. No, thing. they have a sort of sound, the vibe of the, the music, maybe. S- mm. It's both kind of. They were both happening at the same time, and they both kind of have like a third, hmm. third world. I'm style. gonna abdicate responsibility for the conversation. I don't know who Santa Gold is, okay. and I was kind of, kind of wait for it to blow over. But we're really, kind we're, of we're really, really going in. Can, Sarah, in let's let that. it blow. We're over. talking about. Yeah. We're talking about her sister. <laughs> we're talking about the I people who are like blow her. Over. I did a kind of a deep dive on Rihanna yesterday, and. and like, where did she come from in terms of becoming a famous person? How did that happen for her? 
and because um, you you were like, I want to be like Rihanna. Yes, <laughs> let yes. me let me. I think Rihanna is one of the coolest celebrities. Like of the people who are A list celebrities, she's someone who you look at and you're like, actually cool though. So what did you find? Tell out? me why. Yeah. Tell um. Well, the story is kind of strange. She's from Barbados. And uh, that's so strange. <laughs> She's Weird. from Barbados, parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay, and, go um, on. I'm hooked. Yes. And I don't know. I, this is what I read. Like, it, you know, when when not enough like really uh, journalism has been done and you just see the same three sentences written about someone in every article and like on their Wikipedia page and you're like, oh, no one really knows the answers here. This just keeps getting ripped from one Interesting. article to the next because there's not really any details about it. But when she she grew up um, poor and she formed like a singing group with two of her friends in high school because she always loved to sing and she's famous for loving to sing in her community. Um, and she formed this singing group. And then this is the part that's weird. Uh, an American music producer came to Barbados and just gave her an audition, gave her group an audition. This group that didn't even have a name that hadn't really existed, I think, for even maybe a year, gives them an audition and said that as soon as Rihanna walked into the room, it was like the other two girls didn't even exist. And he was like, this girl's a star. Wow. Brought her, she moved in with this producer, random producer and his wife back in the United States in like Connecticut or Massachusetts or something, recorded a demo, sent it to um, what Def Jam, wherever Jay-Z was the the main guy. And he heard it and he was like, the deal's done. You know, this person, we're going to go with her. Um, wow. Imagine being those friends right now. Yeah. I bet I, I would be steamed. If totally. I was one of the two totally. friends from high school, the two friends. I would be steamed. Totally. But so the confusing part to me is just like, wait, this guy came to Barbados and found this essentially random high school girls singing group. These three girls who had no credits or particular relevance. Like where there's like some missing piece yeah, of yeah, information. Yeah, it just is. doesn't really make sense. There but is. every article I read just has this one thing. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, I ultimately Wait, every care. article it's includes like, the sentence as soon as she came in the room. I as see as if that the other in a lot of places. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like this guy showed up and then she moved in with him. And so I'm just curious about it. Yeah. There is something a little fishy or scary about that origin yeah. story. There's something strange about it. And I, I don't um I don't want to cast... she she went she lived with them. Yeah, too. that's also that odd. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about when cuz I remember oh wait, what was that song? I don't want to do this anymore. That was like her, the big first big hit. I don't want to be oh, I thought it was Umbrella. Ponder Replay is the her no. first single. Oh really? No. I don't really know. But you know what I'm talking uh um what's the, the, the she, every time I walk out the door I see I don't know what that song is inside. called. I, I don't want to be a murderer. What, a murderer. Yeah. Isn't that her song? That's I'm like the sure. first song I I'm remember hearing sure. from her. I'm not like a pop music person. But, I don't keep track of I was just song. like, she was young then and she's still young now. I'm like, she's like, she's young. She seems like she's like frozen in time. Yeah. And that was when I was like in middle school. She started getting famous. She was like 17 years old. So I maybe think, she was so. 17 then. And I just, for me, I was like, wow, she must be 30. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what else? What, what did you learn anything else? Like what were the takeaways from her biography? I don't know. That's kind of the only point that I yeah. that was really salient okay. to me was just that I, you always wonder like this. There's this moment where someone switches from being a regular person to being really attached to powerful people and associated and known, and they really obfuscated that moment. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you <laughs> so. think if you're that happens to you, you try and cover your tracks so people don't copy you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You like yeah. find a door in, then you're like shut it. Don't I, let anyone know about the talent show. That I, I remember in. when I was I was in middle school. I was like in a in an orchestra in this sort of like uh, t- town wide orchestra, and there was like it was called Interal. So it was like all the middle schools would audition. You would audition to get into this big orchestra, and there was an orchestra. There was a band, and there was a choir. 
And I remember hearing when the Interrail concert was happening, which was like these groups would perform at the schools and they were like select, but they weren't like, you know, it wasn't like super hard to get in. But I remember hearing that there were there was like a girl in the choir who was like, there's going to be talent scouts in the audience. Whoa. And I'm like, you're in a choir of like 50 <laughs> girls. Like what's yeah. going to, what's the talent what's count? Happen? It felt super deluded. But then you tell me this story. I'm like, well, it, it does happen. Talent scouts it absolutely do happens. come around. It's pretty random. Yeah. Chrissy Teigen became a model. She's working in a surf shop and a model agent came into the surf shop and was just like, damn, you look really good. Yeah, and then Damn. like signed her to some whatever, um, which is pretty crazy. But and the rest is history. And, and then the she made history. Alison Roman yeah. mad, or what did totally. she do? Totally, exactly. What was that whole thing? She, yeah, she. It was kind of the re- the reverse. Alison Roman made her mad. Ah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Here's something I wonder about from the Rihanna story: is that like in a, a lot of pop star origin stories, there's this moment where like the the record deal, the record company is like, this person's going to be a star. I wonder how often they say that to or think that about people who are not don't become stars. Well, you think that they can make it happen? You, you think, think they can got make so much money? Anybody can be a star. It. I grab you. I put, put you on the billboard. It's the deal's done. Do record companies now? still are they still the the holder of the keys? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> or is it all on TikTok for them too now? Yeah, uh, I, I have no, I have no, yeah. no idea. <laughs> no idea. Here's a thought. Why do people say this thing that um, that in order? To, okay, I got allergies. Have you heard this thing that like you had got to eat local honey to get rid of allergies? No. You have not heard this? No. Have you heard this, Sam? Yes. I'm not in touch with the kind of people you're talking to. No one would say that to me. You, Bro, your life is filled yeah. with little crunchy granola yeah. ass people. <laughs> I, don't why, I don't know why you're pretending like you're above you, this. You come from a mason jar <laughs> ass house, yeah, okay? That's true. Yeah, that's and you true. have heard this fact and you're just trolling me. You're just saying that to hurt my feelings and to, and to, and to suck the air out of the topic I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Wait, can I just say one more thing bef- about the topic Sarah brought up before you go to your thing? Please, just that please. like i i was thinking oh maybe at some point in my life like in an earlier stage of my life i would be like a guy i could presumably have a moment where i get swept into fame like like the door opens about? wait you, <laughs> you, know, you have like a fantasy you're saying, you, have, you, have you have a fantasy, fantasy. about it you're, you're like you this could them. happen to me this yes. could happen to yes, me. yes yes but yes, if yes. i ever do get famous like no one's going to be like reading reading my wikipedia page and be like how, how did he do, he right. do yeah. that yeah. that is so insane yeah, yeah. it'd be like oh this is a 45 year old guy and he's been doing yeah. this his yes. whole yeah. life that's right you know that's I mean? exactly right very yeah. slowly very step, slowly. one step at a time a lot of lateral moves a lot of lateral moves <laughs> a couple <laughs> steps back a couple at one steps point. back <laughs> oh i yeah. thought you were saying because you're like white and upper middle class so even if you were a young famous person someone would be like well sure. his dad oh, yeah, his dad yeah. must well, have killed too. someone yeah. <laughs> that too. Exactly. Level, well that's level yeah. three Felipe yeah. you know but yeah oh you're saying that you would become famous point. as an older guy yes I think when point. you're a little child or a teenager you're like there's I hope I get the like back door shortcut you know like I it's I'm playing snakes and ladders and I hit a ladder and suddenly I'm just like a really famous person you audition once and you get the lead role and it's like you're set for a lifetime it's like timothy chalamet you know what i mean and you're kind of praying for that moment but then there's other ways to get famous which is like 
you do it for 35 years yeah. and yes. you slowly yes. build your career and yes. everyone you yes. slow people yes. kind of slowly know about you and once you reach your pinnacle it's like no one wonders how you did yeah. it or you yeah. came, and no one and no one even yeah. and no one even particularly wants you there they're just like well this guy's this yeah. guy's this is the guy he's immovable. yes immobile yeah. because now he's built such a strong right exactly we can't take him down yeah, 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 you can't yeah, take yeah, him yeah. Down. he's just around um that makes me think also of Edie was on a tv show did you guys watch Edie's scene on no, I haven't what was seen the show? it. What was I the talked show? to her about it though. Uh, it was funny. called like Love and Something. Or... Yeah, it was something on Amazon. I just saw it be posted wait, wait. about on Instagram, and then a couple people I know watched it. The Just Edie scene, and they were like, "She's such a star in it." And I just had this thought of I was like, "Edie is such a star, and she's so wonderful, and everyone likes her so much that you know, put her in a couple things. Isn't she just going to get put in absolutely and more infinitely why, more things? Why didn't we have her today on the podcast? Fuck. We keep looking for fuck, guests. Fuck, we didn't think fuck, of the most fuck, obvious fuck, person, fuck, which was she was bringing... in LA for so long. That's such a good. Yeah, yeah. we got to have Edie on the podcast. I because all right, then let's talk about that when we have her. Um, yeah, save that topic. Do not talk about her. Let's star talk power. about. Raw honey. <laughs> Cameron says, Sam, you could still get scouted, which is cute. Wait, I had this moment. It's funny. I had this moment on the street like a couple years ago where Mo and I were walking down the street and a person came up to us and was like, went to Mo and was like, you could be like, I'd love to put you in a thing. Like you could be a model. Like she, you she should really come, you should come by and, really and, do, and do this thing. And then she looked at me and she was like, and yeah, you could. Why would you? Why would you deserve anything? Yeah. Why would she need? It to was like, like one of those things where a person wants to take a picture of one person yes. in a group, and then they're like, "Okay, you can all be in it because yeah. it's yep. like you're yep. a group." Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. I'll put wow. you in the thing too. I'll put you in the thing too. Mo Mo is a person who uh, things kind of. Yes. She attracts. Yes. She's like she law does. of attraction. She yes. attracts. She could. Really she cool should have been. She could have been like Rihanna. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I am. Too. When I hear that, that resonates. Yeah, is what I am. Um, we're hearing from Jort Sart, who must be an Edie stan. Made for Love on HBO. That was the show Edie's on. Check it out. Folks. I gotta see the. Do I, your homework. We'll have her on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're listening, you got homework to do for uh, <laughs> not next episode, not the episode after, because we I think we, we have guests out. booked. We booked them out. Yeah, this yeah. is the year of guests. So. 2022 is the year of guests. And I know we're starting in May, so almost halfway through, but 2022, year, year of guests. guests. I like that you're wearing a Packers sweater and a Knicks sweatpants. <laughs> That's to keep people, men on the street, from making remarks uh, about sports. <laughs> yeah, trying to talk to you. They understand <laughs> that you know nothing yeah. if you're wearing that. <laughs> yeah. No, I see a person who loves sports. Damn. Fuck. <laughs> okay, you take the raw honey and you eat it or you put it on yourself uh well you know it's just something people say that you <laughs> take that, that you gotta eat the raw honey because it gets the allergens in your body and it gets you used to the allergens but to me that just sounds like bullshit because it's like mm. you're already getting the allergens in your eyeballs and your nose and you're all not, day long not. and it's not doing anything yeah. why would eating the honey it sounds like bullshit to me totally that's bullshit well we can change the subject just i think thought i was having no no, no. i think it, you don't you you eat something from a young age and your body gets used to it so you then don't get the pollen in the air. No, but people are saying that you need to do it seasonally. Every season, you eat the raw... You eat the honey from local raw honey, which exposes you to that year's allergies. That's fine. Well, that's fine. If huh. you want to do that, that's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. I'm just saying <laughs> it sounds like crap to me. It sounds like a bunch of crap. 
Um, I woke up. Help this me build morning. it out, Sarah. <laughs> build this out. There's a whole world. This could be a cathedral. This, this yeah. could be a cathedral of yeah. a conversation, yeah. Sarah. If only yeah. you would invest uh-huh. in it. Okay, I'll take. I'll make one remark and then I'm changing the subject, which is that <laughs> I find it difficult. Like a lot of people seem so in tune with what goes on with their bodies and kind of the passage of time that they can like connect different negative physical experiences to different outside effects. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that way. I always feel kind of bad. And there's no way to know. Like, what's it today? Like, is it yeah. that I eat something? Is it something wrong with me that I should go to the doctor about? <laughs> is it allergies? Like, it all just seems so random that only just recently, I was just telling you this, Felipe, that I get chronic migraines. I only just found out that they're probably just tied to my period and that the solution is extremely simple. And it's been going on for years. I think a normal person with who is more associated and embodied than me would have made that connection a long time ago. Or would have been like, I need to fix this rather than being like, well, this well is, these this are is just it. the migraines yeah. that happened to me. Yeah, but I think someone who's oriented around their body would be like, oh, every time I get my period, I also get a headache. Oh. Duh. Yeah. Well, Instead you know, of being like just that's, confused. That's funny because <laughs> I remember one time we were all hanging out and I said... I said, I think this thing about drinking water is overrated. Oh, yeah. yeah. I said, yeah. drinking water Carol is overrated. Like <laughs> it's like your body tells you when you're thirsty and when you drink too much water, you pee it out. There's no need to be like drinking gallons and gallons of water. Like we already have a biological regulatory system. And Caroline was like, no, you got to drink water. And she said, for instance, Sarah always gets <laughs> migraines and doesn't drink enough water. And I and then later on, I thought, oh, that's just causality. It's not causation. Yes, that's these correlation. Are, these, it's correlation. Yeah. But but and it's it's precisely you telling me now that it might have to do with something else. That now you can go back to Caroline and, and get her. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I'm getting we'll her now on the it. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I just funny. don't think you're interested in trying to figure it out. So are you too busy re- looking up Rihanna? That's true. Stuff like that. That's true. I'm wondering what's happening that's with your true. friends and their relationships. That's true. <laughs> Sending voice memos. Yeah. That's very true. Um. This last night as I was falling asleep and then again this morning as I woke up, I spent a long time thinking about the fact that Sam Lanier told me yesterday that he can feel a recession coming in his bones and that it's coming soon. Bro, Sam, you, it's because you're anxious. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, the other day Sam said, Sam said, you know, when I don't sleep, I start getting, it's like, it's so remarkable how not sleeping makes you anxious. Like, I start getting worried about the economy. <laughs> <laughs> You will you will never yeah. catch I me do. being nervous about the economy. <laughs> it's a thing that happened to my dad and it's a thing that happened to me and I'll pass it on to my That's children. Funny. You can only be affected by the economy if you know about it. If you don't regard it and you just live locally, it can't affect you because mm-hmm. it's an idea of the people on Wall Street. It's true. So yeah. as long as you just keep living your life with love and and you know good vibes, it can't get to you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um you can feel a recession coming. This is what I was it talking about the other day. Ever since I remember being when Trump was elected, people were like, "Do you?" Remember? I said this. People point at graphs. People go on Twitter. <laughs> they put a graph and they go, "Normies don't understand what's coming." Yeah, and it hasn't happened yet. I think we're gonna go on without a recession for the rest wow. of our lives, Sam. Wow. <laughs> the cycles are over. Blue okay, guys, it's, <laughs> it's a line that only goes up. We're going to the moon, Sam. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it just stressed me out. And I was trying to think, Sleeve Smith is here. The storm is coming. See, that's the kind of thing. Just saying a little phrase like that, like, freaks me out. Um, <laughs> that's what scares you, a little catchphrase. <laughs> the storm is how coming. About, how about a little I phrase? I feel it in my bones. How about a little phrase like this? We're living in the, we're in the gravy train, yeah. Sarah. <laughs> it's all rainbow. We're on yeah. rainbow road. Surf's up. Yeah. We're cruising into the sun. Um, 
Yeah, I just got really stressed out and I was trying to center myself. You know, I you always just have to think about, you know, the, the things that can't be taken away from you. You're like, love, uh, my passions, my hobbies. It's true, your sense of self. <laughs> my sense of self. But then I was thinking about how like, oh, but if it, there really was a terrible recession and I had to like leave New York City and relocate my life to where my friends weren't or if all my friends had to sort of give up on pursuing their dreams or it felt like really hazardous to continue to be an artist-oriented person, then my whole life would feel essentially destroyed. Right, so but, I got really stressed But see, out. that's that's like yeah. the same with climate change. Like the fear comes out of the belief that there's going to be a critical like a juncture. A, a, yeah. Yes, like a, like a a juncture moment where everything needs to change and actually the truth is it's going to slowly change and then you'll just kind of acclimate yeah Yeah. and every day is going to be shittier and shittier but it's not going to be so i don't this is true i do feel this way as like kind of my takeaway from the pandemic and how that relates to climate change is that had you told me a year before the pandemic happened like the seismic shifts that were going to occur i would have been so terrified but then there were bad moments, but the actual sort of slow progress through like, oh, this is going to last for years. We have to stay home for months. Like it did feel gradual in a sense where it was like, yeah, I was still laughing sometimes mm-hmm. and enjoying eating spaghetti or whatever. Like yeah. we had that birthday <laughs> yeah. with you at the fire. We had a that birthday nice. party. We watched TV. We persisted. We persisted. <laughs> and, even, yeah. and even the worst circumstances, we persisted. Yeah. Yeah, or I don't know. It's like, I, I'm not trying to say that, yeah, we had it the worst, obviously, but it's just like something that you th- is unimaginable to you at one point can you can get acclimated to it, basically. Um, yeah, so, so I still cannot that. get acclimated to those Zoom calls, though. Oh, yeah. Am I right? <laughs> I miss being in the office. Oh, my God. I miss being in the office. And watching Tiger King? <laughs> yeah. And watching yeah. Tiger King was so fun. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, wait, I wrote, I, this time I wrote down little topics. I wrote down, people always say, when people always say the randomest episodes of Raisin Man are good. <laughs> That's a great topic. We'll record, we'll <laughs> record an episode and I'll be like, man, we were just recapping a YouTube video the whole time. And then someone's like, that was heat. Yeah. It's funny. I also get like very conflicting feedback from people being like, oh yeah, I totally tuned out when you guys were talking about, you know, this part. But another person will say they liked it. Like um, one of the randomest ones was when I was doing that long. Oh, I had you watch that video that I recommended on my Instagram story. That was about how the world gets envisioned. <laughs> that, was, that was an old timer. That, <laughs> that, that was like a little trap you laid <laughs> for me. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> and then I broke the whole thing down on the podcast explaining this again, like how AI learns to look at the world. It's called computer vision. And um, it was boring. <laughs> and then I got a DM from Langston McDiarmid saying he t- finds that stuff endlessly fascinating and was like psyched that we were talking about it. Wow, it's interesting so, because not only know. not only to me was it a totally it was just like a desert of fun, but also we I think we didn't even fully commit like we weren't having enough fun with it that it was like half we were like half foot half in half out of wanting to talk about it. Mm. Yeah, I I think you one always has a complete misperception about what what others find interesting about them and what they're talking about hmm. it's often wrong i've discovered hmm. and as long as we are we we just invest in the thing we're talking about we can trick other people into thinking it's interesting too that's my theory we can trick other people yeah that's interesting Whoa. i feel like um 
I've recently, this is kind of tangential, but I've been feeling really like exhausted of like hearing myself talk, not so much on the podcast, but just like in real life when I'm hanging out at parties. Cause I feel like I have like four things about myself that I have identified as like, this is what other people are interested in about me or what I think is interesting. And I have to just keep talking about what those are the four things. things? How life world is going. Um, the thing about Rihanna, the thing, thing about, about your headaches. Rihanna, yeah, my headaches. How <laughs> life sports. world is going. Um, the fact that I'm quitting my job and then like what I'm going to do once I quit my job. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other ones are. It's just certain things that I, I kept hearing myself like a party's being like, I just keep kind of, it's, you know when you start saying something the exact same way when you talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't tell. I was like, I'm so bored of talking about this stuff. Am I forcing these things into conversation or is this not my fault? And this is just like part of it's life. It's not a big deal. Yeah. People are like, how it's are you? Fault. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> people are like, how are you? And you're just like, how am I? Uh, my job is good. My yeah. hobby is good. Totally. Whatever, you know, I'm not dating anyone, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, dating is the third one, which I'm not going to talk about. On you the said there's four things, and I was like, oh, that's just a number Sarah's throwing out, but it really sounds like there are literally four things. It feels like it. I can't think of what the other you ones are. You should talk but... about the four central chakras that that yeah. regulate <laughs> your internal life. Yeah. What, what do you guys think is a good question to ask at a party of someone who you want to catch up with that is doesn't make them feel awful about like having to talk about the like six talking points that they're probably bored of. Yeah, anyway. that's funny. I feel so, um, you know, it's like you're not supposed to ask people like what they're working on. Cause that makes you like a weird industry shill clout chaser. I just always ask people that anyway. <laughs> I ask people that too. I ask people that yeah, too. But you can art You can ask it in an artist way, you know? Yeah. What's your hot, what's your passion? What do you, what are you working well, on? I ask people, do you have art practice? Thou work it. Yeah. <laughs> what that's doth like, what, That's what an artist yeah. sounds like in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime there's like a partner of someone who I know who is an artist, I ask them if they have an art practice. And it's funny when someone says no. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested in you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Kill yourself. Um, no. Yeah. You know how people, I feel like anytime people talk about recount a party, no one ever likes any of the topics. Like, I'm tired of talking about stand up in the industry. Why is no one talking about stand up in the industry? I'm tired of talking about yeah this other politics. I'm tired of talking about small talk. I don't want to know how you are. I want to know about yeah, bigger big things. Idea, it's like nobody wants to talk about anything. Yeah, totally. Well, you just, just <laughs> not talk about anything. There's no topic totally. that will make you happy. Totally. They want to kiss. They want to kiss That's you, Wissy. Yeah. Col so Coulter crazy. says, I feel like I have cliches that I recite about myself, like boring catchphrases. Mm -hmm. Guys, if you have boring mm -hmm. catchphrases that you say about yourself, put them in the chat. We'll get a conversation going. Yeah. Oh, if you're in the chat, just say just say stuff. Say topics. Say things you like. Talk with each other. Wow, we got 23 viewers. Sean David that. Morgan says, "I tell people I'm a fartist, which is a that's, that's a funny, funny little gag. That's funny. That yeah, is interesting. And guys, if you're in the chat, yeah, you can talk amongst yourselves too because we we're talking with each other IRL in real life, and sometimes we can't we can't capture everything that's going on. So hold the phone. Chazzy Cheddar says. I'm going to read this comment. I hate small talk. I want to talk about atoms, death, <laughs> aliens, sex, magic, intellect, the meaning of life, faraway galaxies, you better the lies faster, you've man. told, your flaws, your favorite scents, your childhood, what keeps you up at night, your insecurities and fears. I like people with depth who speak with emotion from a twisted mind. I don't want to know what's up. It's funny. That's funny. That's funny. That's, That's funny, Charlie. <laughs> That's a famous 
uh, meme. Oh, I love the chat. People are really going off. People now. are going off. That rules. Yeah, that's a community. Sorry, that's a community. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, another thing I was thinking about. This is a little old, but I did mention it to you guys. Chet Hanks on Z-Way. Chet Hanks on Z-Way. I feel like he came off looking good. <laughs> you watched the full clip? Well, <laughs> just the one where she's asking him if he wants to apologize. And I, no. If he was like, no. And then people in the comments are like, you got his ass. Or like, he doesn't know we're laughing at him. And I was like, no, he comes off looking like charming. And, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, sh- should he apologize? I don't know. That's funny. We should watch it, an episode of it. I've never seen a full episode of Z-Way. Really? So. Yeah, we have. We saw one together. I we have. saw the first one together. No, I we saw we it together. We watched it. We watched it. I yeah. want to watch a full episode. I also want to watch the three busy Debras. Me too. Oh, the new two season. Together. Yeah. Me too. And then we, we can it. talk about whether we like it or oh, not. <laughs> yeah, that is, would be the best topic. <laughs> we like it. Yeah. We like, I like, on no, side, we side like on it scene. already. Sight unseen. Um, oh, and he did the Joker for a long ass time. Did you see this? There's another moment in the interview where he starts doing the Joker. You say, you say he's on a bouncing ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like on um on a, one of those medicine balls that you sit for your back. They're both on medicine balls, and he's not wearing a shirt. He looks he's really hot, and he starts doing lines from mm. Dark Knight for a long time. And Z-Way's kind of looking at him, and then the the people behind the camera start laughing. That's very funny because he won't stop doing lines of the Joker, and That's he's awesome. like being really weird. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I um, I was having dinner with uh my girlfriend a couple of nights ago. Gabby, we're trying to name names. What's her now. last name? <laughs> Vidal. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to name names on the podcast yeah. now. So, I was having d- drinks with with her, and and she brought up Z-Way, and I was like, you know, Z-Way one time asked if she if she could be in a Simple Town video that we were making long time ago. a long time ago, and, and no, she yeah, said we should collab. She, she told said us we, we should collab. collab. She was like, yeah, I'd love to make a video with you guys. Mm, sometime. You guys should have collabed, and. We didn't take her up on her offer. Yeah, we dropped the ball um, there. And Gabby was completely unimpressed. <laughs> and I really? was like, even and though, I was embarrassed even though that's to bring a celebrity it up. She knows. Yes, yes. And I and I was like, wow, am I just gonna be a person who, you know, you meet adults and they've accumulated yeah. all these stories about like close encounters, it, with close fame. encounters with power and like <laughs> mm. fame and people who they mm. met once or knew once. Or Damn. who we're kind of friends Damn. with, but they're not famous themselves Damn. or have nothing going on for them. And I was like, man, is that the Damn. road I'm walking down right <laughs> That's now? Very, that's very disturbing. That's very I disturbing. saw Parn on the train once. <laughs> You know, when I was younger, Z-Way that's said she wanted to collab. Me and Aparna so and Z-Way, we would just be chilling all the time. We'd be talking about ma- making yeah. videos, just cutting the rug. Yeah. Felipe would be animating us, talking and stuff. That's funny. I'm in a situation where, and you probably are like this with Gabby, where I'm dating someone who, like, in order to explain what's up and that I have any kind of clouded connections to anybody, I have to do so much backstory on who everybody is and in what sense they're relevant because he doesn't know anyone that I'm ever talking about and it's just um sort of purpose defeating and humiliating it's like explaining a to, joke to explain <laughs> yeah to explain that someone is famous and that this person has never heard of them and it turns out they're not even really that famous it's just like a thousand people really care about them and no one else gives a fuck at all but you're like hey matters to me <laughs> yeah it's like matters well, to me if you don't care I, care. I gotta live for something <laughs> absolutely I gotta you want me to kill myself I gotta live for something <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure that and I'm sure the people that he would be excited to have met I know mean idea. even less mm, yes even less you. than the people thank that you, you would thank be excited you, to thank meet thank you that's right bro um, anyways yeah. 
I, I wrote I, I wrote down a bunch of stuff. No, I just um, wrote down three things. I was gonna say something about Chet Hanks, but you know, I kind of got I kind of got it lost. So it is what it is. I have another thing. Hit it. You know, did you see this? This uh, there's this this discourse appeared on Twitter again about how um, writers and TV shows put in unnecessary sex scenes. Oh, I saw you tweet about this. There was this meme, and what what is the meme? It's a chef, and he's got. And there's a salad in front of him, and he's garnishing with with oil. He's putting oil in it. However, it's not a regular little thing of oil. It's a huge bottle of oil. Like, it's been photoshopped to be enormous. So it's like way too much oil, right? That's what's funny about the image. And it's labeled, the chef is labeled TV writers, and then the oil is labeled unnecessary sex scenes. And what is the salad? Mm. Is the salad labeled something? They're probably their TV show yeah, that they're, they're writing. Their TV oh, show, yes. TV show. <laughs> the TV but, show they are writing. Okay, wait. Am I so? Is this scanning so far? Yeah. Is this, totally. Okay. Totally. So, so there's this discourse that sex, there's too many sex scenes. And where does it come from? This idea that like, uh, you know, uh, sex scenes are like, uh, you know, exploitative or they're like this this like unnecessary addition to an artwork that that is um, that doesn't add anything narratively. And I was just thinking because this is a conversation I was having with someone uh, recently that like it's interesting how we use the language of necessity when we talk about art. You know, um, for instance, Lena always says this, Lena says this about dance. She's like, when I go to a dance show, what I think is, why do these people need to be on stage? Mm. And I understand what she means, right? She means like the, this concept, there needs to be like a feeling of exigency of like, of like, there's a point, there's a point why we're here, but it's interesting because art doesn't have use in that sense. It's not utilitarian. They but, don't need to yeah. be on stage at all. They don't need to be on and stage at all. That's always the answer. <laughs> but but yeah. the language of necessity, we use it as like a shorthand to describe something that we all perceive about art, that there should be something pointful about it. There should yeah. be something like, you know, or even, you know, when you talk about narrative, like, does this need to be here? Can we take this out? And it's like, nothing needs to be anywhere. But we use this language Hmm. to evaluate art but it's it's almost like an imperfect metaphor because it doesn't really speak to anything hmm. real does that make sense what i'm saying yes and so what do you think what are what are we talking about when we're asking why does this need or saying need i don't know it's it's just a feeling of like i guess pointfulness like there's a point or hmm. i don't know um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone has an internal clock. That's not the right word, but an internal barometer for what they need to have, what they need something to have in it for to justify them consuming it or watching it, hmm. that kind of thing. Or even, I'll give another example. In stand-up, you know, you want a feeling of like, why are you talking to me? Like, what's important to you? What? Why are you here mm. speaking to me as a stand-up? And it's like the whole setup of stand-up is totally... Um, fictitious that someone's getting up on stage and having a fake conversation with you. Yes, totally contrived. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no reason. But you, as a stand-up, have to create the imp- the impression that you have a point. That there's a reason why you're speaking. That there's something natural and like necessary about this. And hmm. you can when when the stand-up doesn't feel pointful. When you're like, there's no point. There, you heard, you're not telling me about anything that matters to hmm. you. You can feel it. But hmm. but it's. You know what I'm saying? It's That's kind of paradoxical. I guess I feel like I don't necessarily talk a lot about art in terms of need or hear people say that. So it's not like totally hitting me in that way. But I definitely feel it in terms of like 
I don't ever like working on a project for someone like a film or something where there's like no one who ultimately really cares about the particular thing. Um, like someone has to be at the center of it being like, this has some personal urgency to me that we do this. Um, because sometimes you can tell something's just a script that was like, well, you know, I wanted to make a video cause I want to be a person who makes videos. And so I wrote this script because I thought we could make it. And you're like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to be near that. There's like something about that. That the energy is like, uh, uh, we're going to get lost Yes, yeah. you're right. in the pointlessness, I guess. Yeah. So I do feel like I, I want things to be sort of centered in an individual. And I think that's been a funny experience with like working for companies, so like for my day job where we like do creative together on series and it's a bunch of minds being melded into something that none of us is like personally invested in. And that didn't originate from anybody's essential creative spirit that I'm like, oof what is this going to be? It's like such a weird Frankenstein way to make something. To me, it's like there has to be some kind of driving yeah. force out of a person who's like, I had this idea. Do you I think that the this. driving force can be the feeling that there's a purpose to this work being made? I suppose so. Like this yeah. is an edifying purpose for the world, even though we're all collaboratively making it. There's yeah. a reason why it needs to be. I guess so. But I guess then I would want that the, the collaborating group to be like, and then there's a reason that we as a group are making this. Sometimes at work, it can just feel a little bit like, you know, you just like hired me. I'm just like a random person. Totally. <laughs> right. like, we just work together. Um, like why would we beat the architects of this show especially if it's like a lot of times in the tv world that i've been in you make things that you don't know anything about like i worked on a documentary about um the battle of little bighorn none of us on the team were historians none of us had a particular investment in this battle mm -hmm. it just felt a little like okay like we three are gonna do this and it was fun but <laughs> <laughs> well i often feel like I mean, like for this podcast, for instance, the person who is like the sort of central, it's like their vision. They're the one that wants to do it. It's it's you, Sarah. For this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's well, right. I was going to say, and we can return to that, but, or sorry, were you about to? Uh, I was going to say, I guess, you know, I, I would hope the joke would be clear because I think it's obviously fully made. I don't think it's obviously me. You don't think so? I think everybody brings a different, a different set of things that they want. Totally. I no, suppose no, we all want to do the podcast, but I was like, I think maybe the central, I, this, the originator of the idea to do a podcast. This is, is true. You. This That's is true. true. But I think that the, the end, like you do all the tech and stuff like, and famously the guy who does the tech is the star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Joe Rogan's. Right. Well, I was thinking last night in the shower where I was like, I was like, if Felipe didn't like, if if I didn't know you or you didn't want to do the podcast, I wouldn't do a podcast. Like I wouldn't be, a, I wouldn't have a podcast. Would you do it, do. Sarah? Hmm. I think it would have been difficult for me to overcome the embarrassment of announcing that I have a podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. And me, I have zero embarrassment. No, actually, I have a lot of embarrassment. Yes. But yeah. I do it anyway. But he does right. It anyway. That's right. I'm embarrassed exactly. about everything I yeah. do, but I do it anyways. I was going to say, when I was... I, I that thing you were saying about the meaninglessness of yeah i felt that so acutely when i was at vice when i first moved to new york because i was on the short form team and what the short form team made was like videos that were under three minutes that were destined for instagram facebook twitter and it was so clear that we were creating that the content was almost interchangeable it was really just like 
a vehicle for clicks. Yes, a, yes, yes, yes. And yes. that's so stupid in level one to be like, I was just farming clicks. What about the yeah. art or whatever? But at least with like <coughs> a longer form documentary, you can feel like you're produ- you're creating an artwork. And there were things that were like artful. I, I worked with people who like had visions and, and liked to try stuff out on these short form videos. But I remember being in the producer meetings and they were like, and it was literally like, uh, what if we gave an astrologer a bunch of weed? Like, I'm yeah, not even yeah, joking yeah, that yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. level. It was like, let's have like a weed guy talk about doing LSD. Like, yeah. what if what if you made weed? You know, and it was like, oh, everybody here knows that what the formula is, and all this, yeah, all this content we're making is going to be seen for one day, and then it's going to get buried in a timeline. It's so true. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it made me really not care about anything. Yeah, that's interesting. That makes me think of, like, oh. I, I had this realization. The first place I ever worked for was, like, a, a nonfiction TV production place, and I loved working with these people, and we made some really fun stuff. <laughs> the Battle of Little Bighorn documentary is funny. Um, and I learned from being in that space that I was like, oh, there's like these thousands of little production companies that make these like unscripted nonfiction documentary programs because what's considered the hardest thing to do is like write original creative narrative. Like that's the kind of like um, uncontrollable variable that takes like a lot of money in particularity. But like pretty much any person can kind of make a like a nonfiction piece of content or something where it's like, oh, we just get some interviews, some facts, we throw it together. And I just always was kind of caught on that factor. I was like, is it so hard to write a good narrative thing? Like, you know, talent in that this world, like talent of writers who write narrative TV shows, dramas and comedies are like held up into such a like high sort of standard of like how they get treated and they're in unions and it's really hard to become one of them. But anybody can kind of become a person that makes nonfiction or like content or something and i just wonder like is it really so like it's this secret ingredient that some people have that they're really creative and they can be writers does it make sense what i'm saying yeah Yeah. i mean do you think that a person who makes documentaries though would take issue with that be like oh i mean if you're making documentaries i mean it takes something some kind of skill i guess i'm even speaking to the fact of like in any kind of production there's like crew and then there's like talent and there's this idea of like you're the talent. That's actually like a special, right. more irreplaceable, right. essential. It's not craft. Ingredient. It's vision. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not something you can exercise. It yeah. comes from like a sort of. Yes, but I've just been in so many rooms for work where like it's not even really considered vision. It's just kind of like, no, we're just, yeah, we're workers. We're making something that has creative elements, but we are allowed to just kind of make this out of clay and put it together. Yeah. Real quick, and uh, I'm seeing in the chat, I think this person's going, how often do they look at us? And I think they're referring to whether we know or not we look at the chat. Oh, it's okay, Jacko. Um, we look at the chat every once in a while. If you say something interesting, you got to get her You got to get her attention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Millie said he's going to have a girl over tonight. Julia says, what if we gave a beer to a girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so true. And then Alex Laird said, weed is sick, though. Vice is not wrong about that. Yeah. <clears throat> Wait. Who's okay, Jayco? I don't know. Um, Sorry for, for interrupting. Yeah, not, not everyone can be Errol Morris or yeah. something like that. Well, it's also a funny thing because there's this idea that like writers are talent and they have a special skill and not anyone can be one and it's very special. Um, but then there's also so much bad writing and stuff that gets on television that it both um, sort of contests that idea and also affirms it that it's like, oh, it must be some really special people because I see that most of it is bad. And only certain shows are really like, oh, wow, the writing in that is. Well, is I wonder if the only reason that is, it's like, it's like, you know, the people you really need to make like television, all those things that like the, the thing that is irreplaceable is actually the labor is actually the people yes. moving shit. Like those of people course, are yeah. totally 
you know, totally necessary. And you need more of them than you need of the writer. And so you get that, the sort of overproduction where it's like, you need to justify that there's only one writer. You need yes. to justify that there is like one writer for every 1,000 grips. Yes. And so in order to do that, you need to create a framework, an ideological framework where these people are somehow more important. Yes. When in fact, like, any of those grips given like two years could produce, you know, of like practice could produce serviceable, as serviceable content as any writer. But, um, but you need yeah. more of the grips. And so you don't, you don't create that. Yeah. 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 That's what I wonder. That's what I wonder. Okay. Jake, I'd like to grip my hands on a cold beer. Oh, bro. I'm thinking the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'd like to grip my hands around this conversation, you know. (laughs) That's true. Try and understand it better. (laughs) Sam, well, why do you think that you're special as a content creator, Sam? Yeah. Well, as you guys, as I said earlier, I knew I was going to get swiped into fame from a young age. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just built kind of differently and I I feel like I'm a god and I, I am not replaceable. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I should be treated differently. People should be going around being like, "Oh, the t- the talents here. The, you get a little special little room." Yeah, well, I'll say I'll say this about that, and you know, this is me being vulnerable and and sharing something like you know a little embarrassing, but I think that when I was in high school, I really did think like, "Oh, I'm like, I'm like special." Like I really did think that, um, and I was told it, you know, the, by the participation trophy industry. But like, <laughs> but I don't know. I would get like these art awards, and I was like, I work really hard. I work all the time. Like I'm really special, and it is remarkable how it's you can you don't believe it when you're younger. When people are like, it's harder than you think. Like yeah, you're gonna yeah, get yeah. to your third. You know, you're like life is all about disappointments. Yeah. But as I get closer to being thirty, I'm like, oh, it's true, and it's it's a simple thing to say, but it's not until you experience the passage of time and the actual like, like non-materializing of your expectations that the truth, that the like absolute truth of like, yeah, sometimes like, yeah, whoa, life is about this point. This was hard. Like I had a picture of who I was and it did not bear out as time went on and it's still not bearing out. Yeah, it's also interesting to kind of go through life and uh, adjust your expectations of the things that you want and the things you hope for and the things that make you happy and wonder whether you're doing that out of like learning from life what actually is good or whether or not you have to adjust your expectations in order to not be, you know, living in the shadow of the depression of not being whatever you thought you were going to be when you were 10 years old and what you thought life was going to be like. Totally. Yes. Oh, yeah. when so when you go, wow, you know, life really is about friends. That's yes. just like, well, <laughs> if you were famous, yeah, that's it's cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're huffing the copium. It wouldn't copium. have to be about friends if <laughs> if you're famous, yeah. you wouldn't need that. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't need it. Yeah, but I guess growing up, I you know people were like, you know, it's like, life is all about adjusting your experience and disappointments. I'd be like, well, that's for other people. That's not for me. And now I'm like, oh yeah. The person handing you the award yeah. is like. And just so you know, life is a little, you're going to get to be 30 yeah. and it's yeah. not going to be, it's going to be different. Yeah. yeah. There's an interesting thing going on Twitter around, um, you know, the Tadam stuff. The what? Tadam, the Netflix thing. You know, the sound that Netflix makes when it, Tadam. Yeah. Yeah. It has like a, an arm, a Netflix subsidiary arm that like builds out content on social media and like articles and, and things it to click has? on. Netflix has created this thing. It's not Netflix, I but see. it's called Tadam. Oh, and, and it's because of Tadam? Because of what the sound Funny, is. Funny, okay. Yeah, so they named their little subsidiary media producing social media arm, ta-dum. And um, 
they when they started this i guess or fairly recently they hired a bunch of um cultural journalists like a lot of people of color queer people women to work at this um at Tadum, running the different social media channels, creating content, and also like writing the articles about the different series as they come out. But like, you know, writing basically SpawnCon, you know, editorial, but it's all positive Netflix. Right. It's like, depictions. what if Vulture only gassed up Netflix shows? Totally. Like exactly. Yeah. So they get the special behind the scenes access. I mean, show, me the, show me the difference, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Totally. Yeah, so go on. Um, they get all the special behind the scenes access and they do all these like stories when the different shows come out and like get hype and yeah, I don't know, pitch things. So it's like, Sort of like journalism, but it's not. Sure. Um, <laughs> and then Netflix uh, lost subscribers for the first time since it started, and their stock took a huge hit, and now the, the value of the company dropped $50 billion, like the theoretical value. Wow. You know? um, that's as much as I can even say on that, since I don't understand how any of that works. Um, so then they laid off dozens and dozens and dozens of these journalists that they like kind of scalped from other places to come and, and have these like I think pretty comfortable jobs writing editorial. So they just like bombed they bombed like uh, actual publications who would need these people. I don't think that it hurts those publications but I think it like hurts these people's careers of course. that they left those places to take these jobs thinking that you know I'm working for Netflix it's going to be it's going to be stable, right? I mean, like Netflix is like one of the most successful corporations everyone's always talking about. Um, so they all got laid off. And now there's like a lot of posting going on on Twitter about like, fuck this. And I definitely, obviously, I feel for those people like losing their jobs. It's terrible. But it's interesting because it takes the same tone as like when a newspaper or a magazine lays off a bunch of journalists and or a TV show or something. And those people are like, help, we need help finding jobs because... You know, the a VC company came in and a VC like, company came and in fired and everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And is destroying, you know, the Washington Post or like some kind of leg legacy institution. And in this case, it's a little more like, well, you know, it's Netflix and it's a corporation and their mission has nothing to do with like supporting um, strong journalism or like uh, they don't have a like a mission, a values oriented mission. Right. Exactly. So like that is kind of the nature of working for a place like that. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like you, it's like what well, you're saying like, Oh, well you, you chose to work in the, in the cynical fuck you factory. So, exactly. Like, so gonna... yeah. So it's kind of gives me this sort of strange feeling where again, it's like nothing against those people, obviously like losing their jobs is terrible. Um, and we live in a kind of fucked up media economy where it's hard to find like long-term permanent positions. Uh, but it also is like that's what happens when you work for a company that's totally. like that. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And it's not the same thing as working for Mother Jones or The Intercept or something. And Well, I remember yeah. I remember during the like big heyday of Netflix or not the heyday, but like the moment where Netflix was like making all the shows and it was like, Oh, you know, Netflix makes like a bajillion shows. People were like I remember people being like, This is a bubble. This is and there's like mm -hmm. some some uh, you know, Netflix is like working at a loss and like um self-subsidizing or like you know uh running on credit and so it's like is that what's happening is that bubble bursting now is that that's what's my happening? question yeah if it start it's starting with this sort of like weird thing that's not even really netflix it's to dumb to dumb collapse now, but netflix, netflix but netflix has also been quite like uh, yeah. they, they fired their animation all their animation people What's what's in the chat? The chat's really good. Tadam is the keystone. You once, You're talking about once you in see Miami. the economists see that Tadam is, is yeah. folded, they're like, <laughs> yeah. there's gonna be a That's recession. The canary. Yeah. Yeah. I, we were talking to somebody at a at a corporate like a um at a streaming platform and um 
it's hard to not name names and name people because it's longer. You have to like edit it all out yourself. Give the but information. Yes, exactly. <laughs> contextualize. We were talking to someone at a streaming platform and they were like, well, just so you know, it's it's a tough buy like selling market right now. People are being very conservative about what they buy. Yeah. And so just to warn you guys. And I thought to myself, oh, yes. Have I been living in in the past like five, seven years in a in bubble, bubble of yeah. television. And that's why I think I want to so, make television. Yes, My whole yes, dream yes, of what yes, I wanted to yes, do yes, was actually yes, conceived yes, of a yes, moment where yes. I thought it was possible to yes. do this. And, and now, it will now yes, no longer yes, be possible. Yes. And, and now, I should think yes. about something now, else to do. And now what you want is to be in uh, film screenings. Yeah, Different exactly. old film screenings filled with 23-year-olds. Yeah. Who keeps the Amazon? It goes to show the world changes and you... So must your dreams. So you have to totally kind of do. you have to abstract your dreams into totally. simple things that you want. Where you're like, I like to to be on camera, or I like to make stuff with my friends, and then you sort of translate that into a scene, a scene you want to be in, and a career yeah. you want to have. I had literally this thought yesterday that I was like, and I've thought this for a long time that I meet a lot of people in like film and TV who it's always been their dream to like be in film or TV. And I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but I was never like, oh, my dream is to make movies or something. And it's really something that I've found through my adult life of like, oh, but I've enjoyed these different collaborations and it seems like an exciting kind of field to be in. And I'm like, oh, it's exactly because of that. Like it feels yeah. like there's like energy around television totally. and streaming that makes it seem like really viable really possible, and like there's yes. a lot yeah there's just energy there and so you you kind of like change your life path a little bit to be like that's the thing if it was the eighties if it was a stand up comedy boom mm-hmm. mm, things would be a little different or if it was or if it was the moment of new American cinema yeah mm-hmm. you would want to be making big Hollywood films with an art house <laughs> edge if. If I was born in the Protestant Reformation, I'd still want to be a TV. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, I've also had this thought and Seth sent me some good articles about this yesterday, which I wish I had read, but I got tired. um, Jocko wants you to look at the chat, Felipe. Felipe wants to look at... No, Jocko is saying Felipe wants to oh, look at the does. chat. Oh, he does. He doesn't so really like talking to me and Sam. <laughs> 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 and he mostly wants to look at the chat. Yes. Um, um, they're saying... I don't know. Jocko is really going off. They're saying that we need a Discord, which I would like, but I'm like, there's going to be like four people on the Discord. I'm not, I'm not making make the Discord. Felipe, make the Discord. It's no skin off my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro, I'm I don't the, have to do it. I'm the one who's got to be... No, you guys got to be on it. I'll be on there. You guys got to be on it. What's cool about Getting people to watch boring it. little videos. You get that. to. I get to t- talk. I get to <laughs> post I stuff. Like, I don't know. You just got to talk to the to the people who want to talk. I guess. I don't. Really Let's know. make a um, Discord. <laughs> well, I was gonna say this also. Set <laughs> some. Is it make it? Make it exactly. Make it okay, man. It should have been here yesterday. All right. <laughs> we wanted. I wanted this on my desk a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Go on, Sarah. Um. I was going to say that I've had this anxiety for a while that like as someone who works on tons of DIY shit where people spend their own money making it or get small amounts of money from people to make things. And then you make uh, videos and movies for no money, but at a level of production quality, that's like pretty much akin to what you see streaming like i wouldn't say it's exactly hits it you can tell you but if you get a nice digital camera you can no really one's make it the look wiser. like that yes <laughs> um but all of my friends put all of their labor and like a lot of their personal savings into making these things possible which are 
you know, traditionally done for millions of dollars or huge sums of money. And I've always thought like the more we do this, the less money will be made available to pay for these things because you're showing the industry basically that you're like, we're willing to just right. do it. We'll make it happen. Give us a thousand dollars. Give us ten thousand dollars. We'll make you something that looks like it can be on television for yeah. that. And it's like, OK, well, like the, sh the, the leaner and like the more um, DIY that you can be in some senses, like I think. The, the worst or especially if like the way you're being DIY is aspiring to look like commercial levels of video I think you kind of like are shooting yourself on the foot a little bit with that um, and then I'm also sort of feeling that I said some of these articles I wish I had read them but guys you know sometimes you get too tired you go to bed and yep. you don't now have time to I, read wish, article, yeah. I wish that I had read them but Vanity Fair wrote this article about like what's happening at Netflix with the fact that like they're kind of Essentially, like at Netflix, they give huge amounts of money to certain prestige television shows that make Netflix look like the place to be as an artist. Basically, they've got like this unlimited amount of money available and they will make it happen. And you can kind of return to this Hollywood way of doing things where every all the money is there, yes. Yes. Um, which is great. And uh, that that that's not true of basically all of the shows that are beneath those top shows where they put all their money into. I assume like Bridgerton and things like that. Um, who even knows if Bridgerton started out that high budget, but it's a huge hit. Uh, but they're doing things even with like TV writers rooms where traditionally that's been like a really solid way to have a career is to be in a writers room because you're in it for a pretty long period of time you get paid pretty well and you're part of the show from like writing through to the end of production basically like the writers are on set as the episodes are being produced and they're like continuing to contribute and then they're also like building their career towards becoming a showrunner is how you do that so there's like a path there and that's kind of like the middle class of the TV industry um but now Netflix is kind of remaking the model where they're doing this thing called mini rooms where you just like put a bunch of writers in a room for a really short period of time. They churn out a bunch of scripts and then you like send them away and then you just take the scripts and like hand it over to the production team and they make it. And the writers are not really like the lifeblood of the show in the way that it used to be. And it's just like, how can we turn this into like a... Uh, like a contract worker who doesn't really have any rights kind of <laughs> position. Wow. Yeah. And they're just doing that kind of thing more and more. And so I'm well, like, I remember, I remember yeah. I got this interview for a thing for a show where they told me they were buying scripts. Like they were commissioning <coughs> scripts from like single people. Yeah. Like they were like, just pitch us what the ideas are. And then we'll tell you if you, if we, I mean, I could be totally wrong about, but I mean, that's how they described it to me. Yeah. And I was like, that's, it's, it seems like it's like they're trying to find these workarounds so that there can just be less money I think invested in anything besides celebrity. It's like they'll pay, you know, for a celebrity, for a famous person whose name is attached, whether that person's a, a director or a writer or a producer or a star. Um, but for just sort of regular people making their career in entertainment, I, I have this like feeling of doom. Could be my anxiety. So then, Sarah, uh, this contradicts your earlier point that the talent is somehow like, transcendent, irreplaceable. Well, I'm saying that there's this idea that talent is like that. And I've always just been curious of right, like, the, the extent to which that's true. The ideology exists, but the material reality is yeah. something else. Because also there's like genius culture, you know, the idea that certain people are geniuses and that that's really like something that a person can be. And it's not like a state of mind you can be in or a phase in your life like you are or a genius or you're not a genius or a, or a structure that enables yes experimentation totally or, totally it's none of those things um something. or a, or a spider that bites you and yeah. it gives you like a <laughs> genius a power, power. Um, yeah I had a big house meeting with my roommates this week about being more clean, which is always directed at me. Um, <laughs> I've been there. Yep. I've and, there. <laughs> uh, you know, we agreed that we're going to keep the, the house immaculately clean from now on, which similar to my concern about the DIY filmmaking thing, I was worried that the more clean I act in the apartment, just the higher lifestyle the standard inflation. gets raised. Lifestyle inflation. The expectations ever, now are sky ever been, high. You ever been at one of those meetings?
things are like, we got to keep it clean. And you say yes. And in your mind, you're like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just got to say what I you got to say. You just have to say yes. Wait, yeah. you say no during the No, you got to say yes. But in yes. your mind, you're like, if I'm being honest, I will not do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I walked away from the meeting. I got on my computer and I Googled, are geniuses messy or clean? And can you guess? <laughs> They're messy. That's right. <laughs> Damn. So, <clears throat> you should have told your roommates that. I know. Well, I kept it to myself and I said, Okay. You you choose your path. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're I think that you're right in not cleaning your house. Our raisin man historian OK Jacko says Sarah's talked about the clean inflation before. <laughs> Absolutely. And now I'm living in that reality. We have a new policy. You can never put a dish in the sink. It used to be on the right we have a double sink. You're allowed to keep dishes on the right half of the sink, just no dishes on the left half. Dirty dishes are can be on the right. I see. Now there should never be a dish in the sink. That's pretty extreme. It's pretty extreme. And that's because I was doing a good job. And yeah, I, I don't suffer. know what to say because I used to sort of be your... I mean, I'm not going to say I'm the cleanest, but I will <laughs> say that I have adopt, I have internalized the idea that the sink should always be clean and it does up my, my feeling, my mental health. Okay. Like as soon as I'm done But cooking, does it make you less creative? <laughs> uh well we'll see i know i got a bunch batch of animations coming later this year so yeah, we'll, we'll see. see we'll, we'll see. see how good they i'm are. gonna do research i'm gonna contact the university of minnesota that's where they do the research on whether you should be messy or clean <laughs> and i'm gonna have them study your, your work i had a cousin when i was a child and she was like she had real genius energy and her parents treated her like that and she was like I'm a genius. I'm super special. I'm destined for wow. greatness. Wow. And she was the kind of person who always got a A's, A's in class and stuff. And her parents treated her like, yes, the thing you should care about most in your life is developing your little skills huh. and stuff and like that. So when we hang out prodigal. together, like all of us Prodigle. as a family, <laughs> she'd be like, she'd be like, okay, after dinner, she'd be like, okay, I have to go practice violin now. And she'd get up from the table and oh she'd go gosh, practice violin. That's so funny. That's and then so she'd ridiculous. be like, in the middle of the day, where there'd be like a preparation for lunch, and she'd be like, I have to like to practice my Spanish tapes. I got to go learn Spanish. And I was like, oh, it's easy to be a genius if your shit is just all about you going off to do your thing all the time. And then the rest of the world, like yeah, preparing yeah, yeah. and doing the labor so around true. you. Ah. That's so and true. That's what being a genius is. It's just like, yeah, you get to go off and do your thing and and wait for everyone to like make you lunch and like clean up after you. Well, let me ask so you this. Like, that's, that's, that's what you easy. got the extra free time. So that's, yeah. And yeah. when I see adults who are like that, I'm like, oh, you were like my little cousin as a kid. Yes. And you just didn't grow up and learn. Julie said, how'd she turn out? Yeah. Where is she now? Uh, She works. She's... <laughs> She's the resident piano player at Carnegie Hall. She's there every night. <laughs> she works for like a uh, doing research for like a, like some sort of like tech medical startup. She got a PhD, like a doctorate. She's a doctor. And then also she got a PhD in like health science as well. So she's been in school for a trillion years and now she's like. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, she did it. She's she successful. It I'll say she's she successful, and yeah. I and I love her to death. And if she's listening, I love. Her. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I remember that as a as a that's as a little funny. teen and being like, "Oh, that's annoying." Yes. Well, it's kind of true that in order to, yeah to cultivate like really intense hobbies and skills, the the work of everyday life needs to be taken off your hands. Totally, I think it does. But then you just 
you essentially, if you don't do the work of everyday life, you're tac- tacitly asking for the people around you to, to do, do the work yeah. for you. Totally. But I mean, if you're okay with that, if yeah. you're like, that's the sad truth. Yeah. And those people, and those people are, are idiots who, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, if you just accept that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think a little about Picasso because I have to do research on him and he grew up in a household of like only women and he had like tons of sisters and he had like this mom that doted on him and it was like everyone would just like dote on this little kid the whole time and he could spend his whole time like whole becoming time. Picasso, you know? And I was like, oh, that's what's f- obvious. I mean, this has been thought of a million times, but like that's what's fucked up about gender. You know what I mean? It's like you couldn't have a female Picasso because like if you were a female Picasso, you'd have to like work all the time. I think women are just less interested in that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't like you making this a gender thing, Sam. <laughs> it's kind of upsetting me. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I guess your cousin was the female Picasso. Right, she was. She, she was. was. So yeah. see, Sam, I yeah. guess men have it pretty hard, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think you can still be a great artist and like do and your dishes and, well. and stuff like that. Yeah, and think about other people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I had this funny thought of like when I walked, I agreed to all the terms of the, the new clean house policy. Um, and then I thought, well, what if I just move out and I just go and live my own way? Then how will they feel? And I was like, they probably feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. really think, and then, and then like, you'd live in a real nasty house and then it would make you yeah. really unhappy. Yeah, it'd make me unhappy. I am happier when it's clean. So that's just facts. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I spent 10 days having COVID where I barely came downstairs at all. And I was just like in my room and in Emma's room. And um at the end of the 10 days I came down into like the living room kitchen and it was just like perfectly perfectly clean and it was big like what if I had never existed what would the world be like vibes yes. so it's like wow the house actually would be clean it really is me so <laughs> that's it um wait what was I gonna say yeah you're like I don't have time to clean I have to do six spots this month <laughs> five spots yeah I'm I'm on triplet auditions yeah. <laughs> I have you, to go are you gonna do that no I haven't booked Okay, well they listen, so maybe they. Maybe What's they up, yeah. Annabelle and Sabina? Get us, get Raisin Man on triplets audition. Yeah. Either all of us are one, we'll or or someone. individually, yeah. <laughs> whatever works. Yeah. Um, Friday's my last day of work, but I am gonna have to go in five minutes. But we started late, so you guys can do ten minutes of just pure funny stuff, and you don't talk about anything yeah, important, or yeah. feelings, thank or God. what you think. Uh-huh. None of you don't do any of that. Just, <sighs> just talk about funny stuff. Yeah, just do little bits. Um, Friday's your last day of work. I can't wait, Sarah. We're going to do so many activities. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to go to like far away parts of New York City. That's right. We're going to be out in Forest Hills. I'm going to go to Bay Ridge to some restaurant. We're going to go to Bay Ridge, a restaurant. Bro, I just went to Bay Ridge last night to go to a restaurant with Julia. yeah. (laughs) And, um, it was funny. I was like, I was, we were at this bar and the bar was playing like all grunge music like um you know that song glycerine yes don't let the days go by well yeah. anyways, it was like all grunge music and at one point they were playing cypress hill and the bartender was like talking to some guy like cypress hill like rocks like and i was like wow this is a part of new york city where there are townies yeah it was yeah, like yeah, a bar yeah, of townies yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah, around yeah. bay ridge i was like this like Dude, a city I had that of townies in manhattan where i went to like an irish pub after seeing a movie and it was just full of like people you would see in suburban Maryland. And I was like, oh my gosh, and you guys all live in Manhattan for some reason? Yes, like, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> you could be living a much happier life where people like you are 
more celebrated, I feel uh-huh, like. Yeah, not marginalized. <laughs> not marginalized and kept into this one sports bar that's like uh, in this 10 city, 10 block radius. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool being down there. I was like, it was a lot of, a lot of big meaty guys. You know what cool. I'm saying? Yeah, 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 men, yeah, yeah. Men from the age of 30 up who were just big. Nice. Just thick. Yeah, you're going to have we to like, do that, Felipe. We like those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you yeah, Do you 30. think you're going to be a big meaty guy? <laughs> I don't think so, but if but as I reach middle age, like I would rather be a big meaty guy than like, I don't know, than like a little soy man. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. Albert Blimp, that's Alex, loves Bay Ridge. I also do. That's where my ancestors are from. Really? Pre, you know, pre, they were from Ireland and they came to Bay Ridge. No way. And then you went to Maryland? And then they went to Maryland. Yeah, my grandparents moved. Damn. There's got to be like a a birthright for you. I know. And I wish that they had just hung on to a a house. Things were so cheap back then. Didn't they realize? And that's what I need to buy now while the houses are only $2 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I need to get a small house so that when when they're $20 million, it'll be, yeah, good for my descendants. Um, and then Al- Deep Series 2 that's Leo I love Bay Ridge Leo that's why we brought it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was Sarah I have a question once your job ends like is is this lifestyle where you like research things all the time and have a million tabs open does, does that does how do you that, know how many tabs I have open <laughs> <laughs> does that stay with you if you don't have jobs like that um I think I'll honestly be doing more reading about things. I haven't really been reading that much like in the last little bit of time. And it makes me feel a little dumb when we come to do the podcast and like uh, like to speak on something like what's happening at Netflix when it's like I think I've read maybe 200 words on it and now I'm extrapolating so far into like this larger point when it's like, dude, you could have read like three articles on it and you would have like a real substantive understanding of this thing that you're not talking about for 20 minutes. But I think that's actually the nature of... This. life or podcast this you have to bullshit i don't think you have time to know everything yeah i think that's true but i guess i just wish like you know sometimes you just feel like in life you're like growing your understanding of the world and other times you're just kind of banking on something you read in college oh definitely <laughs> i feel like i've been doing that for five years yeah yeah totally like, yeah i think i once read a thing about how in our society it's a spectacle yeah i remember when i was a kid my dad was the kind of guy that always had answers to everything yeah and i was like how do you do that do you know about everything and he was like you know i, I have like generalized knowledge he's like and then i just kind of deduce stuff <laughs> and, I was and like, then pawn it off on you as a fact yeah i mean yeah. when you're four you can't tell but i do think that it's like the it's like people who are good at jeopardy uh, that to me is like an insane skill it's like how are you gonna know random fact like how are you gonna study random facts where do you begin with the random facts studying manual yeah because it's True. literally just like <clears throat> sports statistics you're like how do you start and it's just like you got to have kind of generalized knowledge i yeah. believe that when you're born god gives you a certain kind of brain that's only good at remembering certain kind of stuff and then that's that's the, the that's the, the stuff. soup you swim in for the rest it's of your so life true and yeah, and you're just maybe it's like you remember what every com like Marvel comic book character's like name is from that's when you were true. twelve, yeah. or like how to beat every level of a video game, and like that's what's in your head. Yeah, do you remember in college? Like I was a history major, and I just remember this one guy I was in a lot of classes with who uh, he would just remember everything we'd ever learned in any of the classes about like. Um, we took a bunch of African history classes together and he would remember all of the different kingdoms and the years they had risen and fallen and like who was the main king at the time that the like European colonizers came and like all this stuff that I was like, I remember the general patterns and the larger meanings of what happened. Yes, But like the actual details of 
the different names, especially in something like, you know, you get indoctrinated into knowing something like American history where you're like, oh, yeah, 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 Paul Revere, I got it. Um, but when he you're learning new information, <laughs> that's <yeah>. right. <laughs> new information, and you're able to actually like track that and just be like, noted, noted, noted. I got that on recall. Like, I just don't get that. It's really it blows my mind. Okay, I have to go. Okay, Folks, good luck. wish good me luck. luck. Uh, next time you see me, I won't have a job anymore as we head into the Great Recession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is the time to lose yeah, your job. Yep. Honestly, though... We'll start the Patreon for the podcast. It, It'll be fine. You're right. And if anything, <laughs> and if anything, like you were going to lose your job anyways because this entertainment oh, bubble totally. is Oh, totally. That's so. what I tell myself is yeah. that in life... Okay, listen to this, folks. In Please. life, you don't make any choices. Everything you do is like basically the thing that you had to do. That's how I feel. That's true. Yeah. You don't find out your destiny until you fulfilled it. Until you fulfilled it. And then there's no... Then you got all these regrets. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about them. Okay. So I'll see you then. Half on with Sam and Felipe. Goodbye. Bye. Now I get to spread out on this couch, my man. Felipe, people were tweeting yesterday like, I, I don't think this image is beautiful. I don't care... Yeah. What a fascist says. What was that coming from? So that was Jordan Peterson. Okay. Famous right wing um, Jungian uh, academic guess, and, yeah. and public intellectual of the, uh, uh, what is it, dark web or the enlightened dark web and something like that. Um, you don't know. You're just naming. I'm just naming stuff. different. I'm just <laughs> adding different nouns and adjectives. <laughs> And Angelicism, yeah. downtown scene, alt-light, yeah. dark Correct. web. So he retweeted an image of the latest Sports Illustrated cover, which had a woman in a bikini who's like a plus-size model. And he wrote, this is not beautiful. No matter what the... I mean, we can find the actual tweet. Let's see if... If anyone can, can, can uh, link to it to make this faster... Uh, Peter Peterson Jordan come on Jordan Peterson let's see if he left it up because maybe he got embarrassed and took it down uh, thank you Coulter and, and Millie I appreciate that yeah the the new animation is out with Felipe in it and the one that's coming out this Thursday has Sarah in it which I'm really excited about and yeah, I w I really feel this way where I where like I think the strength of those animations is in the the voice performances, and I think Felipe does an absolute stellar job. You do too, man. Very funny. Oh yeah. So go on. Where can they see this at new animation? They can see it on Adult Swim. Just type in Adult Swim DAP two on YouTube, and you can see it there. The full video. Or you can see little clips of it on my um, social media. Okay, so here's the here's the tweet. Uh, so this is, I don't know, Yumi Nu, I guess is, uh, no. I don't know what the name of the, yeah, Yumi Nu is the name of the model. And he okay. wrote, sorry, not beautiful. And no amount of authoritarian tolerance is going to change that. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> who cares, man? Like... <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking nerd. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what people are making fun of. It's just, I suppose, everyone's really, let's see the chat real quick. Um, Sam, I've been showing everyone that animation. Slam dunk. Felipe Monkey is so cute. Alex Laird says that one's great too. George Sartre says animation was super good. Sean David Morgan says was fun fire. Thanks. Thanks, guys. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, that so so people okay so people were then tweeting other funny images and then and then using the same language. People were grabbing. Okay, what if this was a meme format? Post a picture of Mark Zuckerberg and wrote, "Sorry, not beautiful, and no mind of a third turn." Tom's going to change that. Take a picture of some shoes that you think are mid. Yes. You know, some a fit that you think is mid. Yes. I'll post a picture of Cara Delevingne. I don't know who that is, but everyone's tweeting about her or post a picture of uh, Julia Fox yes or post a picture of something that you think is lame in culture and then you put sorry not beautiful no amount of a turd blah, 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 blah. yeah great. great yeah I mean I suppose there's you know this right wing anxiety about beauty standards being kind of eroded for some mm-hmm. kind of ideological mm-hmm. endpoint, and you know people are like well beauty standards change over time mm-hmm. and there have been moments in history where different kinds of bodies have been celebrated as mm-hmm. beautiful and so as a man who's a conservative and, and and ostensibly a man who's committed to the idea that there's like a kind of essential transcendent eternal you know beauty that isn't dictated by time you're sort of self-contradicting and really you're only giving away your own biases and your own anxieties yes. which are you know located in your own sexual anxiety about yes. what what makes you a man or what you know what kind of beauty or what kind of woman you should be getting as like a high value man or some sort of fantasy you have you know yes so it's funny you know uh, maybe this will be an obvious thing to say, but I remember being a child and in an early teen pre having sex with people and being like really understanding the concept of like beauty standards and like how our, our me- media culture presses like one type of, of beauty standard as like the type and everyone's supposed to think that is is hot. And then growing up and, and like having sexual experiences and then talking to other people about sexual experiences. And I was like, really, and I was really amazed at how people really do think different stuff is hot. Mm -hmm. And you and your friend can have completely different opinions Mm -hmm. about who's hot and who isn't. And I thought that was like kind of a cliche that people right kind of a cope yeah beauty's in the eye of the behold yes when i heard when i was just learning about the beauty standards thing i was like oh yes that's a cliche people say because they want to live in a world where everyone can feel beautiful but as i get older i am i'm constantly being reminded about how the 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 human experience the the the, the sort of eye of human desire places itself or like the what's a better way of saying it a person's attraction barometer is attracted to many, many different things mm-hmm. like across uh, different people like different stuff. And it's just like amazing to re-encounter that again and again as mm-hmm. you get older. There really isn't like a one thing that everyone finds beautiful. Some guys like huge teeth. Some guys like a big Marge Simpson haircut. Some guys like a nine foot wingspan. That's right. And it's all about a thing that's bigger yes. or smaller. And it can be different things. Some guys know? like a girl with a, a big toe that's five <laughs> inches long. That's right. Some guys like a girl who's got, a, you know, a, a ton of tumors across the side and some guys like guys some guys like guys bro i mean it, and that's and just, just an example a- of how broad the spectrum <laughs> of desire right. can i be. learned about that when i was 26 27 <laughs> and that blew my mind People when really i found that out like different stuff 
It's true. It's true. Some guys, some guys like 80-year-old, 80-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. I think a fun thing to ask someone who you're sleeping with is what kind of porn they like to watch. Uh, and oftentimes they won't answer, you know, you, depending on the relationship and how sure. close you are to them. But finding out what kind of porn people watch is, is a really, really, really fascinating because people watch weird stuff, you know? Mm, very specific. Yeah. Wait, really quick, and I do want to come back to that, yeah. but Millie says, what do you guys think about those game ads on Instagram where a girl's running from a zombie and then she immediately builds an entire farm? <laughs> and I love that Millie's asking that because I love those ads. Yes, me too. They're me really too. funny. They're really and funny. And she's in, in fast motion, just mows down a bunch of zombies and goes, entire entire farm with like a tower defense system. Is that how fast the gameplay is or are they just showing you the gameplay sped up? I don't even think that's gameplay. Like, I'm sure if you played the game, it's like a click and point yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. Like dating game or something. You ever see those ads of like a girl, she's covered in mud and it's like, give her a makeover. And she's literally like, there's like a, f- a five foot layer of mud. Like the mud is so thick that she's like a ball <laughs> and she's crying and her hair is all like matted and nasty. And then she gets this makeover and she's really hot. <laughs> you seen those? I think, I mean, I think I've seen this genre of stuff. I follow a couple of Instagram accounts. That's people that just post images of like insane, like uh, iPhone mobile games. And it's yeah. like a guy who's like holding his crotch and there's a girl with an open mouth and it's like pee in her mouth, divorce her. <laughs> <laughs> those are like the two options, Bro. you know? That's <laughs> so true that that's the option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it made me think, oh, is there a whole world of mobile games that I'm missing out on that I should like try and Dude, play? So there was this mobile game that kept getting advertised to me on Twitter. And usually mobile, it's like, this is a waste of time. I'm not playing your fucking game. Stop bothering me. You know, it's like you feel resentment that it's being advertised to you. But I saw a mobile, ga- a mobile game that I was like, that looks kind of fun. Okay. I want to try it. So I click it, takes me to the app store, and then I keep hitting download and it won't download. And I was like, Bro, you're the one who wants me to download this. Don't yeah. make this harder on me. Yeah. I already clicked your thing and I clicked it like a bunch of times. Like I closed out. I was like, I really want to play this fucking game you with saw, Little Soldiers. You, you canceled plans for that night. I canceled plans for You know, I didn't, but we were in a conversation and I was, you know, I was in a conversation with friends and I was like silently trying to do it. So I, in a way, I really did check out because I was like, this game with Soldiers where you like absorb a little base, that looks fun as hell. But I couldn't download it and I thought, this is on you guys. You're not letting me download this. Your game yeah. is broken. You've spent the advertising money. I hope you're happy. I'm not going to play it. And I couldn't. And I've tried doing it since. I can't download it. <laughs> I try it every morning. I try it often. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Yeah, that's a miss for them. You could have gotten a uh, a really great game. Felipe would have made a review of the game. You you could have had a, a ally in Felipe. Yeah. I could have made a review of the game. Yeah, that you is know, so true. you've got a lot of followers. You should be a guy who, like, when you get angry at some sort of customer service experience, you I should tweet, tweet at about them. It. <laughs> uh, I'm going to send my 3,000 followers on you. <laughs> They're uh, like hounds. Man, it's such a nice ass day. Yeah, great day for podcasting. Spotify doesn't let you buy premium through the app, and I reacted the same way. That's yeah, what Millie says. It's like make it. I'm trying to spend my money, my disposable income, on the stupid, wasteful thing you've made. And if you're not letting me do it, then I'm doubly mad at you. It's like you've already hypnotized me. 
you've already hypnotized me into doing something that's going to be worse for my life and give you money and now you're not letting me do it then you're fucked yeah kill yourself (laughs) you fumbled the bag you had me sounds like you're gonna kill yourself man because you're so pissed off i'm mad about this i just you know it's like i can't i kind of can't believe it yeah i kind of yeah i know well it's frustrating because capitalism makes so many things necessities of life difficult that when you encounter a thing a needless thing that capitalism is supposed to make easy it becomes doubly like angering when it is actually hard you're like this is what's the whole point of this whole thing if i can't buy this well you know that um you know that um that Louis C.K. bit. Also, Sarah left and we lost like four viewers. There you go. Entry. That's what yeah, happens. That's good to know. Um, you know Louis C.K. bit where he's like, you're on the airplane, you get Wi-Fi. You just found out you have Wi-Fi on the airplane and now people are on their phones and the Wi-Fi is slow and they're getting mad at it. And he right. goes, you just, this is a thing you just found out. He's like, give it a second. It's going into space and coming back. You just found out you had this. Now you're mad that it's not working. Yes. That is funny, right? It's like the 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 sort of fickleness, the capriciousness of the consumer. But you know, in a sense, the anger is like is the anger of knowing that you're imprisoned it's like you created this need for me you gave me this need the Mm. advertiser the company has given me this need and now i want it now i'm addicted to it and it's not working and it's actually the feeling of impotence like i wish i didn't have this need i wish i didn't want internet it's true there's a there's there's like a, a caveman version of me that doesn't want internet but now you put the need in my head and you're not giving it to me Mm. and so you're you you think you're getting mad at the at the like inefficiency of the service but what you're really getting mad is your knowledge that you're you've been imprisoned by Mm. consumerism you're like free me from wanting the internet i wish i didn't want it but now i want it and you're not giving it to me i didn't ask for this you know Hmm. that's interesting yeah I don't think I experience addiction or desires like in the same intensity <laughs> that you do, but that little anecdote does give me a good vision to your head. So that's interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, so how much time do we have left? Um, none. 10 seconds until we get to the guys. Thank mark. you so much for listening. We're going to do this again next week and the week after and on into the future until we die. And we're going to have guests. So keep coming we're back. We're trying to get guests, a guest next week. And I don't want to say until it's confirmed, but it's going to be really Huge. fire. Think of the f- most famous person you know and then double that. And that's what this, yeah. what this Imagine the, the most famous person you know times 10. Yes, exactly. Actually, I do think that if we brought the person that I want, people would listen into the episode for sure yeah that's why we're bringing them <laughs> yeah that's why we're bringing that's the whole point of guests you know all right okay guys um watch dap go on sam's twitter watch click DAP. on the link yes. and watch it many times and give it a thumbs up bye bye raisin man arena